Welcome back to Following Noadon, a Stormlight podcast. This week, we have come to the end of part two of Words of Radiance, chapters 31 through 34, and what a couple of chapters we had to close out this this section. I want I want Paul's reaction first, because Paul's been waiting for so long for more Zeth content, and he thought, and he was hoping that he would get some in the interludes, but little did he know he was actually getting it literally two chapters later. So here we are, we have Zeth content, and it's some pretty cool Zeth content, how we how we feel in Paul. We're feeling out absolutely outstanding. I will just say that my I I will tell a short story. Whenever I listen to the audiobook of this, I'm usually doing something, either driving oftentimes like doing dishes or laundry or something like that and whenever it's it you know Kaladin and everyone is going and then it describes Zeth you know very obviously like Assassin and White Shin Man I was like I just stopped what I was doing and just tried to take it all in right and it was it was awesome it was outstanding I loved every moment of it I'm I'm now imagining you pulled over on the side of the road, just like entranced <laughs> yeah, by this part, gripping the, your the gripping your the, steering wheel, like the assassin yeah, in white is here. The officer comes up to the window. You know, excuse me, sir. What are you What are you doing here? Hold on. We're at the part. We're at the Zeth part. <laughs> fair, fair. That, that that's how I see this happening, Paul. It was great, Elliot. How are you feeling? Oh my. It uh, it gets real tonight, boys. It uh, it gets real. I, I did not think that we were gonna be getting to quite some momentous events as this until much much later in this book. So to to have some big stuff happening now at the end of part two, we're about. I was actually trying to calculate roughly roughly a third of the way through through the book right now to have us getting to this kind of stuff now is surprising and a welcome surprise. This is, I'm, I'm, I'm all in now. All right. Dare I ask you guys for two words to try to summarize these four chapters? Uh, Elliot, you can go first. I, I could not even get past my first reaction to these chapters. So my two words for these chapters are, Oh my Okay, uh, Paul. Oh man, my two words were <laughs> realization and desperation. I also spent a solid all of Elliot's talking time trying to figure out what I wrote because I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> nice, thought, nice. I thought desperation was like differ differentiation or something. So, but yeah. It's desperation, I found out. And what was your second one? Desperation and... Realization. Realization and oh my. Let's let's discuss these words. All right, Elliot. 
What does Omai mean? I I feel like Omai might be a little self-explanatory, but instead of talking about plot and and, and characters here, I'll I'll talk about pacing of the the novel. So last episode we talked about the like false summit of Kaladin and Shallan finally meeting. We thought that was going to be such a, a big important moment. Turns out it wasn't. Shallan just stole Kaladin's boots, and that was it. That lulled me into a false sense of security. I thought that that was the the psych out of here's your climax. Oh, nope, just kidding. It's not going to actually be that important. You're not going to get it for a while. So for the craziness to start happening like three chapters later caught me completely off guard. And so when Zeth showed up, I even down to the point where like they're they're rushing to try and get Elokar out. I'm like, no, it can't. No, it can't be. It can't. Zeth is here. What? Like, oh my! I can't give you more words than oh my to try and describe how I felt during these chapters. Some some quality quality first time reaction. Paul, uh, talk to me about your two words. So my two words, first of which being realiz- realization, was for the the Zeth and Kaladin fight, but mostly after the fact. Um, so we see Zeth kind of have a big awakening or realization about some things, which I'll dive into more later. It kind of takes off with that uh, that news. And also, I put realization because I think Kaladin finally sees what he's up against, for the most part, or, or all, all of them do. All the Alethi men there, a- Dalinar and them. Adolin has an interesting realization of getting... Getting yes. a nice whooping. Yeah, and, and they're like, whoa, like, we thought we were the, just the best, and we kind of got we kind of got it handed to us. <laughs> so they have a big, uh, maybe more of a rude awakening there. Um, and then Desperation is for the Shallan chapter, um, which I'm super excited to talk about. And... Yeah, mostly just that her desperation drove her to. Omo, I'm very excited about the the that I've been looking forward to for a long. This, I didn't expect both. So I'm referring to Shalon finally drawing her stride blade. Uh huh. Oh my! I did not expect that to happen in the same episode as the Zeth Kaladin first moment. So I'm kind of beside myself here. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I don't. If if I get up and leave in the middle of the episode, just know I'm processing, <laughs> crying, or like, yeah, I'm thinking, thinking very hard. I need to go like, I don't know. I just need some time to myself after this week. All right, <laughs> got to recover. So, chapter thirty-one doesn't ramp it up quite yet. We have we have a chapter between. Kaladin and one of the bridgemen. I don't remember what bridge he's he was on. Seventeen, maybe they say seventeen a lot. Maybe I think it's seventeen. And he's seeing good development between uh, the bridgemen and uh, their new bodyguards. So we can we can talk about this for a little bit to kind of warm up to our our next three chapters. I don't want to talk about our. Dare I say boring in comparison, 
chapter. <laughs> I, I did think there was a great little quote in the beginning of this chapter, which was a little strange because the first like few pages were Kaladin and then it moves on to, to Shalon, which kind of threw me a little bit. But in that Kaladin chapter, he's talking to this other bridgeman. His, his name is Pitt. And this guy, Pitt, he says, turns out men can be reforged. And I just thought that was cool. I thought that was a cool metaphor there for what exactly Kaladin is doing with these Bridgmen. And, and we saw it all the way through Way of Kings, right? That was a, a huge bit of Kaladin's journey of, of picking these men up from the lowest possible point they could be and showing them that they can be men again. They can matter. And here we're seeing this happen a little bit again because the men of Bridge 4, they've already, they've already come out of the abyss, if you will. This guy is now just experiencing that for the first time and realizing that, oh, I have to go back to my bridge crew and do this for them. I have to be Kaladin for them. And it's a it's a cool little moment to remind you what these guys have been through and what they're what they what some of them still have to go through. So this this metaphor of reforging them into a a new blade or a new a new weapon and, and rebuilding them is I thought it was just I thought it was cool. And Shalon's also doing something similar or trying to with with Gaz and Vatha and yeah. her deserters turned tired soldiers. So Shalon has finally made it to the Shattered Plains with finally with, with Tin. It only took us 30 chapters, but we are here. She she stands up and she can see smoke to the north i believe they're, they're traveling north and she sees smoke off in the distance and they decide to camp for the night um because there's a high storm coming so they want to be nice and fresh in the morning when they when they show up so they i don't know they camp a couple hours away from from the war camps and shallant or tin kind of uses information with Shalon as kind of like an appetizer. She kind of she she kind of chides Shalon's like, oh, did you know half of the royalty in your homeland is dead? And Shalon's like, what? And Tin uses it to like gauge her reaction to see how see how much she knows. And Shalon realizes that and says, oh, Tin uses information a lot like uh Yasna would use her her poise. She uses it as like a leverage in conversation to like y Yasna would assume that people would do like do for her what she would expect because she has a this power illusion going on that she kind of explained to to Shalon. And Tin is using this information to to control the conversation. And Shalon is kind of learning how to do that from from Tin. And she, she mentions something that she has a span read in Yaakoved, and she's got a lot of information, and we'll talk about it later tonight, which is chapter, what, 30, 34, when they, when they have an interesting interaction, but we'll get, that, we'll get to that later. I, I note here that this, this is the nail in the coffin that Tin does not have Shalon's best interests at, at heart, if... Tin cared at all about Shalon. This is information she would share with her 
you know, immediately. But the fact that she withholds it and uses it to manipulate and kind of test Shalon and control, like you said, Trevor, the the conversation, the way it goes, clearly shows you that that Tin does not care about Shalon at all. Any other thoughts from chapter 31? When does chapter 32 start? Right now? <laughs> okay. Right I'm now. Kidding. Let's go. So, from probably what? Part two, part three of The Way of Kings, we've been wondering when does the Kaladin and Zeth showdown happen? We've been asking uh, as soon as Kaladin started showing these, uh, these surge binding powers that we know Zeth has, we're like, all right, when's it happening? When's it happening? Here's our first one. Um, Kaladin gets a vision from the Stormfather as the High Storm hits, similar to what Dalinar has. And he's Kaladin's actually had this before, but not to the consistency that Dalinar has. Dalinar has them every High Storm. At the beginning of every High Storm, they're, they're so much so that they schedule it. Navani goes and records what Dalinar says. They're, they're learning. Um, and it's so consistent that they know what's going to happen. Kaladin, this has only happened to him twice, maybe three times, because he was out in the high storm that one time and saw the Stormfather. One time later, he was riding the high storm in a dream, and he find and he finds Zeth. And Elliot, we had that video of you pointing all across the map yeah. and trying to figure out where Zeth was. Turns out it wasn't important. <laughs> um, well but now we know where he is now yes now we get another another vision before the action starts here of the storm father talking to kaladin and he says a couple interesting words did either of you guys pick up on this short conversation i i highlighted all of the this this section the discussion the dialogue between the storm father and kaladin because I feel like this is another instance where I feel like there's there's so much here that I only understand a, a small part of, but I I keyed in on the fact that the Stormfather calls Kaladin the son of honor, which could perhaps be tied into the fact that like Kaladin has an honor spread, and we know that Windrunners are very tied into honor, and so perhaps it's it's maybe reference to that, the fact that he's a Windrunner, but we also know or at least we've kind of pieced together at this point that the Almighty is also called Honor, right? That that's his name or or a reference to him, and so right. that puts that puts this little title in a really strange light. Son of Honor, how is Kaladin the Son of Honor? If that's what this is a reference to, which is super strange. So, is that what you were? Go ahead, Paul. There's more. But uh, I was I'm, just going to. I, I was going to say, like the most notable thing for me with this was, if I remember right, the Stormfather. If we're assuming, anyway, the Stormfather um keeps talking about like he's going to get Sil killed. Yeah, kind of thing, and I thought that was weird. And also makes sense. It makes sense because from what we know about the Spren, 
they can come to a person like this, but that's very unnatural almost, like maybe frowned upon. I don't know. It just doesn't really happen. And this may show why. I don't know what the risk involved in is truly is or how you even kill a Spren. But Storm Father probably knows more about it than I do. I'll take this one step further. It's not that Kaladin will get Syl killed. It's that Kaladin will kill Syl. It's a very aggressive uh, aggressive action that the Stormfather is accusing Kaladin of. He's not he's not saying she will die. He's saying you will kill her. Any any thoughts? A couple. None <laughs> of them really make any sense, but you know. So we Pattern and Shalon had a similar conversation not too long ago, right? Where where Shalon kind of drug out of of Pattern, you know, what were you what were you about to say? What were you actually going to say? And and Pattern has to admit that he believes Shalon is going to kill him. And Shalon kind of says, "No, I, I would never do that. Why why would you think that?" And and Pattern just kind of alludes to some sort of like betrayal of the of the spren and and Sills made reference to this a bit before in the past, like the betrayal of the of the Knights Radiant, and we don't know for sure exactly how that works or, or how what happened and all this, but this seems to be another reference there to where I guess Spren and, and the Stormfather just have no faith in humans that they're not gonna betray at some point that they're not going to hold up their end of the bargain somehow that somehow they're going to break their bond maybe with their spren and it almost seems like you thinking the Stormfather even talks about it here of of kaladin's like why would i do that and he's like you've started already you don't even realize you're doing it it's not even something you're going to do intentionally or or not necessarily maliciously it's just something you're going to it's going to still is going to become i'm kind of getting the impression that they think still is going to become collateral damage in something that's going to happen here that so but but yeah i'm kind of with you paul most of my thoughts on this are still kind of non-coherent just because i don't i feel like we don't quite have enough i feel like there's there's something bigger here that we don't quite get that we need a few more pieces to put together this the rest of this puzzle And then we don't get any time to think about it because Zeth's here. So let's <laughs> let's push forward a little bit. And Storm the Stormfather actually warns Kaladin of of Zeth. If I if I believe if I remember correctly, he says he like he comes or something like that. So let me let me pause you there actually for a second because I had a thought on that. He he says that you're absolutely right. He says that he comes. But at the end of that vision, Kaladin describes another storm that he sees. And the storm is described as, as red. And I, when he said he comes, I couldn't decide whether the Stormfather was trying to tell him about Zeth being there or if he's talking more the, about, like, Odium coming and the, the bigger picture desolation that's coming down the road is was was Kaladin getting a hint of that and that's what the Stormfather's talking about or is it literally like 
oh hey man by the way you should wake up now because there's an assassin outside the door <laughs> it i could i'm not sure which one which one he's warning him about i think on that that it was about seth somehow but i would believe both like i would believe that it's a warning for both um but yeah and also with the red storm we've been alluded to this a bit now or not even just alluded like it's been mentioned several times and sale even mentions seeing like these spren like red lightning that she does not like at all yep yeah um and i can't help but think that that's tied with zeth because um after the fight I believe zeth and kaladin or excuse me, Kaladin and Syl talk about it's um and like oh does he have an honor sprint and Syl's like no he has no sprint or at least no right sprint I guess um so it makes me think that it's some kind of evil sprint um that's with Zeth either that or it's something else that we don't know about that's that lets him search bind so that's one of my biggest questions. But yeah, that kind of skips to after the fight. But we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. I want to read, re, uh, read some of the setup here um, for this fight, but we're not quite there yet. Kaladin is freaking out. He opens the door out onto the balcony, and Adolin's like, "What the heck are you doing? There's a high storm going on," and. Sill like comes zipping out of the darkness and is like, "Yo, n- like uh, something's really wrong." And Kalen's like, "Yeah, I know." Um, and he walks in on a barges back through the door, goes into Dalinar and says, "Yo, we we need to move. We need to go now." And he's he's thinking to himself, "Do I go to the the war camps? Where where are we going exactly? I don't know, but we just need to move." And Dalinar. And Elokar have two very interesting reactions to Kaladin's Kaladin's fight or flight here. And Elokar seems really annoyed. He's like, why are we... Why on earth are we leaving? This is the safest place in the world. And Dalinar says, okay, we're we're leaving. I will trust your instinct, because that's what Kaladin says to Dalinar, that um, that's why they're they're moving. And Dalinar says, okay, I'll expect an explanation later, but I'm not going to ask right now. We're moving. Any any th- it was definitely Dalinar's word that got them all moving and not Elokar's. And they're all there to protect Elokar. What are your guys' impressions of that? I I think it I think it has to do with the fact that Dalinar is Dalinar is a soldier. At least that's how he he thinks, and so he he trusts Kaladin. He Kaladin has saved his life on the battlefield, and so when when Dalinar sees Kaladin urgently saying, "Yo, we got to move. We're in danger," Dalinar's soldier brain kicks in and is like, "Okay, let's do it. Let's go. You know, I I trust you. Let, let's let's do this. Let's let's survive." Whereas Elokar, as we've seen before, is kind of more the like spoiled brat kind of kind of character he's got some military prowess we've seen him on the battlefield before in his 
his shard blade, his shard plate, but he just doesn't, he doesn't think like that. He doesn't think like a soldier. He thinks more of like a, a noble who's never had to, you know, make it through some sort of crisis like that. And so he's, he, he's a few steps behind. He's still kind of in what, why would I, why would I walk out of this room? It's raining out there kind of thing. Whereas Dalinar recognizes crisis reaction. Let's go. Let's do this. It's definitely been apparent that Dalinar is in charge. Yeah. Alokar is the figurehead yeah. for the most part. Um, and I feel like that's just about all there is to it. People listen to Dalinar. They know he knows what's going on and everything. And I even think it's really cool with, with Dalinar in this whole scenario, whenever Zeth does like appear... It specifically mentions that the Blackthorn like comes out, um, and that the Blackthorn is the one who's like fighting there. And I thought that was a really sick distinction because we we definitely know we've talked about how there's kind of like two sides to Dalinar almost. There's like the Blackthorn, and then there's I don't know what to call the other side, almost like a Mister Rogers, the philosopher, <laughs> like yeah. Um, the know it on side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're escaping down through the, the kitchens, if uh, the long, dark tunnels underneath the, the pinnacle here. And I just want to read some of this, some of this scene, because I've, I've established this before, and we've seen it in the way of Kings that Brandon Sanderson is really good at payoff. There's a lot of setup here. We know that Zeth has been coming. We know that Kaladin has some Stormlight abilities. Adolin is a really good fighter. And here's some of our payoff. Kaladin frozen place. The lights ahead went out. The corridor dimming into the distance until it was as dark as a mine. Wait, Adolin said, stopping in place. Why is it dark? What happened to the spheres? They'd been drained of light. Damnation. And what was that on the wall, on the on the hallway up ahead? A large patch of blackness. Kaladin frantically fished a, a sphere from his pouch and raised it. It was a hole. A doorway had been cut into the corridor from the outside, sliced directly through the rock. A cold breeze blew inward. Kaladin's light also illuminated something on the floor just ahead. A body lying where corridors crossed. It wore a blue uniform. Belt, one of the men Kaladin has sent ahead. The huddle of people stared at the body in horror. The corridor's eerie silence, the lack of lights, had stilled even the king's protests. He's here, so whispered. A solemn figure stepped out of the side corridor, holding a long silvery blade that cut a trail in the stone floor. I love that passage. When I when I listen to it or read it on my read throughs, I'm like, "Yes, Seth is here. Let's go." That's exactly how I was that I mentioned before. Whenever it described that, I was like, "Oh no!" Like chills and everything. Like, oh, it's finally time. And the fight that we talked about it before with all the Zeth interludes before, where he's killing people and with the later way of kings chapters with the fights uh the imagery is incredible in the writing 
and it definitely did not disappoint in this. Um, I felt like the fight was was super exciting, and I loved how it always had me thinking that Kaladin was going to have the upper hand, not the upper hand, but but do some dance. Like he was gonna, you know, really injure Zeth or you know somehow come out on top, which didn't really happen, but it did showcase, like I said, the realization with Kaladin realizing I'm, I'm doing everything I can and I still can't quite like catch him. Um, he was always at least a step ahead. And it's even, it's even described as Kaladin's training, let him down where the move that he's doing would have worked against a normal spearman, a normal soldier, but he spins and does this parry with his with his spear. But Zeth is a shard blade. The shard blade just goes straight through the spear and slices straight through Kaladin's arm. And that like his training just let him down. He doesn't know how to fight a shard bearer. He's trained all his life against normal soldiers. And mm-hmm. because of that, his instincts led him to get his arm sliced. I I think that Swordmaster guy. Zael, Zael, Zael. He's saying, "I told you so." Right, right now. about now. Remember they, that they, they had a conversation where he was like, "Hey, man, you need to learn how to fight shard bears." Counts like, "No, I don't need to learn how to fight shard bears." Yep, told you so. This scene, more than anything else we've seen before, Zeth cements in my mind just how incredible Zeth is. Like we've seen him take on multiple shard bearers before. We've seen him take on a whole army of soldiers in in Yakovet, I think it was. And but here we have the three most impressive warriors we've seen so far in this story. We have Adolin, the master duelist who no one can beat. We have Dalinar the Blackthorn, who just ends. And then you have Kaladin, who is a surge binder, has been he hasn't been trained to fight a, a, a shard blade, but he's been training to use his abilities. We've, we've seen what Kaladin can do. All three of them just get owned by Zeth in, in a matter of like second. It's not even a competition. He just outclasses them by a mile. It, I, I was impressed with Zeth before. Now I'm even more impressed with Zeth. I will say I was expecting a little more of a stroll. It definitely pointed out that this was not like this. It seemed like the most difficulty yeah. had had with yep. its job, right? To assassinate um, whoever. Cause I mean, they're definitely better than the other people he's, he's kind of murdered, but yeah, he, he definitely stands head and shoulders above. Yeah, kind of murdered. We're just <laughs> sweeping that under the rug. Eh, that's that's murdered a couple people. <laughs> one, one, or, one or two. Um, yeah, he, he definitely stands head and shoulders above the rest in, in this combat. But, but he doesn't succeed. No one else really dies, I guess. Besides Bell. Kind of. Yes, RIP build. One of my um, one of my favorite moments of this uh, this three v one 
is how irrelevant Adolin is. Zeth walks in and lashes Adolin to the roof almost immediately. And Adolin is like, what What do I do against that? I'm, <laughs> I'm standing yeah. on the roof upside down saying father help i'm standing on the roof and he is no like he's just so outclassed and he's never been like that before he he mentions that later how how sound how soundly they get routed and honestly it might be a good wake-up call for adolin of no he's not the best duelist around zethus and you need to you need to work harder To be fair, I don't know what you do. Like you said, like what do you what do you do? Like you, I guess you're stuck looking up or down or something like that, and just like um, go team, like right. <laughs> I'm a cheerleader now. Like <laughs> it's it's definitely unfair that Zeth not only is a surge binder but is a very practiced surge binder. He, I think, still even and Kaladin talk about this a little bit. It's it's not even necessarily, although he he may be. It's not necessarily that he has more powers than Kaladin. It's that he knows how to use them. It's that he's he's been killing people, his surge binding abilities for years and years, at least six years, if not probably quite a bit more. Right. So, Adolin, at no matter how skilled he is, when you pit him against. The very experienced Surge Binder Zeth, yeah, it, it's never going to be a competition. I could, I could be remembering this wrong, but in previous Zeth, what do you call them? Jobs, um, assassinations. Um, aren't there times that he just like he doesn't use his shard blade, and it talks about how he's the real weapon? Yep. Not shard blade, and doesn't he start this fight without his shard blade, but then pull it out later? Kind of like a. Oh, I think I might need this after all. No, he walks around like, the corner with the blade because it's cutting. Okay. It's cutting a, a slice in the rock as he walks around the corner. He, he starts out by kind of fighting with his surge binder abilities, which mm-hmm. which we've seen him do before, right? His his kind of first thing is, oh, I'm going to put Adolin on the roof, and I'm going to, you know punch Dalinar in the face or whatever he does, but he has a shard blade, but you're right. He doesn't necessarily come leading in with, you know, that as, as the primary weapon. He, he's going to control the fight first, and then he's going to use the, the blade to, to finish him off. Okay. I definitely Which he does to Kaladin's arm. He, he manages to not take Kaladin out completely, but uh, goes right through his arm, which was intense. I thought he was going to lose that arm. I, I thought so, too. I was like, whoa. Like, where does he go from here? <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, you know. We have a couple but, re- revelations in this these sections of chapters, and here's the first one. Dalinar catches Zeth's shard blade. And I remember when I read this first, I didn't really understand what was happening here. I thought it was just some weird fluke in the magic system that I didn't know. But no, what's actually happening is Zeth is doing an overhead strike, and Dalinar is clapping his hands together and catching the flat of the blade. 
and I didn't I didn't catch that my first read through, and it made sense to me later. It's like, oh, that's what's happening. But that's quite the ballsy quite the ballsy move to be on your like on your knees and about to die and have the clairvoyance to catch a blade. I guess you kind of have to go for it, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, you're gonna you die if you don't get it. Don't have many options. So. But yeah, that was very impressive. It was some kung fu master level yeah, move right there. Of you know, the imagine chopsticks, you know, like right, yeah. The the not only the timing you'd have to to have to to catch that blade as, as death is swinging, but also the strength to you're not pushing back against him now. You've caught it, but now you have to like hold it back from slicing you in half by by just pinching it between your two two palms. So very impressive move there by Dalinar. And it buys him a second for Kaladin to tackle Zeth out the window. Which I, my schedule for reading this was rather, rather broken just by a lot of other stuff going on. And so one, one of the nights that I was, I was reading this, it was, it was getting late. It was like 1030 at night and I really just needed to go to bed and I, Zeth appeared. So like, Oh, I can't stop now. But then I got to the end of this chapter, 32, where they roll out the window. And I was like, I got to stop here. I, I have to go to bed. I have to go to work in the morning. And it was like three days before I was able to get back to the next <laughs> chapter. And so I'm stuck there like three days with, with Kaladin just falling in slow motion out the window while I'm going about my life wondering, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Before I finally got to read the the rest of it like three days later, that was it was, that was a lot of suspense. I don't know if I can do that again. It's definitely designed for you to read chapter 32 and chapter 33 in the same sitting. It, yeah. I, you're right. And I was terrified whenever I finished chapter 32 that that was just going to be hanging there for like... Until the next part, know, yeah. <laughs> part three or something. There's just not going to be another like Kaladin and Dalinar, you know... Man, but I, I was very, very relieved to just have the the rest right there, like immediately in chapter 33. Right. It jumps back in and we get to see. And, and so we get a like a little bit of conversation. I don't know how much you'd call it a conversation with Zeth and Kaladin. And I was super on edge about that. Um, I'm kind of curious to hear what y'all think about that whole ordeal. I, I'm really, I'm really fascinated by this conversation that they have, and in fact, I want to go ahead and read it because it is, again, there, there's something I'm not quite understanding here, but I feel like this is huge. This moment that we get to see right here. But something I want to mention real quick before we we get into that, as they're falling, Kaladin has like run out of stormlight, right? So. He's going to die. They're up high enough to where he's he's going to be crushed if they hit the ground. But he realizes that Zeth has spheres on him. And so he sucks the light out of Zeth's spheres to power himself up so that he doesn't die when he, when he hits the ground, which is convenient. But I had kind of a side note thought as we were, as I was watching this happen in slow motion, in my mind at least. This 
this is an intriguing aspect of like surge binder battles. If you think about it, like, I don't know how I'm curious to see if, if, if this is something that's happened a lot in history. If, if surge binders have fought like this a lot, maybe these powers, we're not really sure if these powers are, are unique to wind runners or not. So maybe this would have to be like wind runners fighting amongst these themselves or whatnot, but this would seem like a really common and hard to defend against tactic, right? You you can't run your, your opponent out of stormlight because he's just going to use yours. Like it doesn't matter how much stormlight you brought. He's standing five feet away from you. So he's just going to, you know, breathe in and suck all the light out of, out of your spheres. Like how do you protect against that? Total side note, irrelevant to anything we're going through right now, but my, my brain went on that bunny trail for a little while. Windrunner battle strategy. I guess. I was thinking, like, what if you just intentionally didn't bring that many spheres, so you use all yours quick, and oh, then yeah. suck from your opponent. Or, but also, I think the battle would just go on until neither has Stormlight, and then it's just a normal fist fight. Right. I think, yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't the strategy to be use the other person's first and save yours? And so it's it's whoever brought less Stormlight <laughs> is the, is, has the <laughs> upper hand. Yeah. Weird nuances of Surge Binder battles, which, eh, maybe we'll see more of that in the future. Maybe we won't. We'll see. But I did want to read this section of the conversation that, that Zeth and, and Kaladin have because, oh, oh man, this could be, this could be game changing. So they've fallen off the tower. They sucked in the stormlight like we saw. They hit the ground. They're not dead. Zeth stands up and says, what are you? He demanded. Same thing you are, Kaladin said. He felt a wave of nausea, but forced himself to appear firm. Windrunner. You can't be. Kaladin held up the knife. The few wisps of remaining light streaming from his skin, rain sprinkled him. The assassin scrambled backwards, eyes as wide as if Kaladin had turned into a chasm fiend. They told me I was a liar, the assassin screamed. They told me I was wrong. Zeth, son, son, Valino, truthless. They named me Truthless. And then Kaladin kind of steps forward and, and threatens him, and he, and he runs off. There's a little bit there where he, I guess Zeth asks, are they back? Are they all back? And Kaladin just says, yes. He doesn't know what to say or what he's even referring to. But clearly in this moment, Zeth is having a crisis. Zeth is now, I, I don't have all the pieces here. This is another Brandon Sanderson part where something something even bigger than I think is happening in this moment. But Zeth is questioning what it means for him to be truthless. He's trying to figure this out. And somehow the fact that Kaladin has these powers makes him question that. And I don't know why. I can't put that part of it together. Why does the fact that there's another surge binder out in the world, does that make, does that crush Zeth's reality? Does that break him? Because that's clearly what happens here is Zeth is, Zeth is broken. Um, I don't know, Paul. What did, what did you take out of out of this craziness? So, what my biggest question, my biggest thought about this is, who's the the they? There's always this m- mystical yeah. person behind Zeth pulling the strings, um, and we know like who has his oath stone right now, 
but I'm thinking back to whenever he first became truthless, right? So maybe Zeth initially thought that, you know, there's this awakening and there's lots of search binders that will eventually like pop up. Um, and he's labeled as like a crazy man and labeled truthless or something. That's my thought on this. And so now he's like, no, I was right. This is proof. Right. So I'm going to go do something about it. Um, was what I was taking from this. And I feel like we're not going to get an answer to that for a long time. That's my prediction on this. <laughs> um, but hopefully so. And hopefully we get to see maybe maybe Zeth start to... I still don't know how strong this power of the power of his oath stone is. Is that power that he chooses to respect or is it like I have to respect this or I will die or something like that's kind of been my big question with Zeth because every dialogue or thought we've seen from him seems good like he he doesn't want to hurt anyone he doesn't want to do anything wrong but he obviously is doing a lot of bad stuff um so I I just don't understand the power of that what's holding him to that. And I feel like this is going to kind of buckle that, that power or that pressure. And that's what I'm hoping for at least. So, so far we've gotten the impression that everything Zeth is doing is not because of his choice. It's because he's truthless and we don't know why that's happening. We just know that because he's truthless, he has to follow this oath stone and whoever has the oath stone, that's what he's going to be doing. But now Zeth is, you're right, Elliot, Zeth is questioning, they said I was truthless, and he's questioning that now of, am I really truthless? We don't know what that means, but if he's not, what does that mean for the Oathstone? We have no idea. Because we even had a moment in Carbranth, right? So we, we got the big drop at the end of Way of Kings that Teravangian is the one holding zeth's oath stone controlling him zeth even had a moment right when he goes down into that hospital where they're killing people and trying to get their final their final last words and zeth even thinks for a second i could stop this i could i could kill teravangian where he's standing right now i could i could break my my oath and 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 do all this but but just for a brief moment and then he goes back to to following his oath like we know that zeth potentially might be starting to question a bit of this this seems to be like the moment where now he's now he's maybe having a a whole identity crisis does he even know who he is anymore and i'm 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 again putting putting together some some pieces that don't quite all fit we don't know why why does just the fact that kaladin exists cause such a dilemma for him has he been promised that he has these abilities because he's truthless or I I don't know. It, the, the whole picture doesn't quite come together for me now, but I'm, I'm wondering what's going to happen to Zeth next. Is he just going to go off and maybe tell himself this was all a vision and it didn't actually happen and come back? Or like you were hinting at Paul, is he going to go back to Shinovar and go 
reconcile with the people who called him truthless or however that started. What's next for Zeth? I'll make a prediction. I'm listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. High pressure. Um, this is like we're recording this or anything. Yeah, true. It's just my thoughts, me and my thoughts. <laughs> uh, this isn't as a preface. This isn't like really based off of, I don't know, some hints or anything. This is just my guess. Um, with what Zeth has just found out, I think... I think he's going to kind of turn from this. So so what we know about Zeth's character, he doesn't want to kill, but whenever he has a almost a justification for it, he's much better with it. And I think this is going to be his justification to turn on Teravangian and all the other people who've wronged him, all his previous people. So I think he's going to start to like hunt them down and he's going to get, he's going to kind of go off the rails with this because of, I don't know, maybe the things he's been forced to do over the years, the way he's been mistreated and things like that. So I think he's going to go back and basically just assassinate Teravangian and kind of go back through his history there i feel like that's a little i don't know i want to say that's honestly a basic prediction because i feel like there's a lot more deep stuff behind it than that nothing wrong with basic predictions but but yeah that that's what i'm expect that that's what i think is going to happen i think he's at least going to turn on teravangian i don't know f- so much further than that um i i think i might I think I might throw a prediction into the into the hat here and go a, a similar but slightly different direction from from you Paul. I'm thinking back to the Wander Sale chapter and the story I was going to bring this up if you did. Uh, I'm I'm glad you say that. I, the, I, the story we got of Darathil is that the name of the Darithil, guy? Yep. Who go who goes to that island, finds the people they're freaky. They kill people for dropping a vase. They learn that the king who told them to do that kind of stuff was dead. They were doing stuff that they weren't actually should have been forced to do. And so all the deaths that they did were actually on their own heads. If what we're thinking about Zeth is correct, I think Zeth is going to find himself in that scenario where Zeth suddenly realizes, oh crap. All those people I killed, I killed wrongly. I should not have done that. They're now, he, he's kind of justified all this before of, he he feels guilty. We, we had that scene, I think, at some point where he, he fully, he, he thinks he's guilty for all this, but he thinks he has to do them. If he suddenly realizes, I, I think that's just going to crush him. I think he's going to go either completely insane. It's just going to break him completely, or maybe even, cause him to take his own life or something like that i i don't think he's going to be able to handle it i don't think he'll be able to handle and and like the people that darathil saw on that island they're just going to go mad because he's going to realize all those people i murdered i didn't have to yeah that's really good prediction if he's suddenly not truthless whose fault was the 
whose fault was the killings if he didn't have to follow the oath stone what right. what was stopping him from killing Teravangian in Carbronth? right but all that being said we're making a little bit of a logical jump here we, we don't have all the pieces we don't even know really what truthless means like we don't know how zeth became truthless we don't know what he did you know he says here that they called me a liar they named me truthless what did he say what did he do that they decided oh you're a liar you're truthless you're now given this terrible sentence of being truthless and having to do all this that there's still part of the story we're missing so i i'm willing i'm willing to admit that that maybe we're we're missing a little something and going a bit in the wrong direction but I'm seeing some parallels here, and I think that might be where Zeth is headed. I want to bring up a couple more parallels, and let's talk about differences as well between Khaled and Zeth specifically. And Syl actually fills Kaladin in on this a decent amount in these chapters. Syl specifically says Zeth doesn't have a spren. Yeah. And as far as we know... In order to surge bind, you need a spren. Now what? This so, and just to to build that up a little further. Sorry, Paul, I'm running over you here. But the uh, like to the point where we saw Sill cut off Kaladin's powers at one point, right? Kaladin was 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 he fighting with Adolin? Yeah, dueling with Adolin that happened. Yep. Yeah, he's going after Adolin and still like pulls a plug, you know, and says, "Oh, well, you weren't protecting someone, so you don't get your powers anymore." So that right there again backs up what you're saying there, Trevor. That as far as we know, you have to have a spren who's feeding you these abilities in order to do this surge binding. So for for Zeth not to have one is pretty crazy. That's true. And so with that, my first thought was like what else is there like what what could be giving him these powers but very positive that later on still says like no like not exactly paraphrasing but like no real spren would do that like no no honorable spren um so i'm assuming you know we know about the honor spren and the cryptics I'm guessing that this is some kind of whatever these red lightning spren are, perhaps, or maybe similar. Some kind of evil spren, um, maybe that's with Zeth. Um, or just some kind of spren that's not liked by the others. Uh, I would guess. Um, yeah, but I, I still think he has a spren of sorts. Unless it has something to do with that dark sphere. Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. But... Um, you know what you just made me think of? What? You made me think of Legend of Zelda. When you trap fairies in bottles. He she trapped his he trapped his spren in a in a sphere and buried it somewhere and isn't listening to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. Could be. So maybe his spren is named Navi. Or yeah, something. exactly. <laughs> um so, yeah. so this takes me back to the kind of original question: Is Zeth a Windrunner? And Kaladin even kind of you know says this. He's like, "Oh, I'm a Windrunner like you, clearly." But is he like? 
I, I don't know if this is, I honestly can't decide if this is evidence for Zeth being a windrunner or evidence for Zeth not being a windrunner. Because I can kind of see it either way, right? Where he's using the same powers, they even talk about being a windrunner, but then he doesn't have a spren, or if he does it, some crazy kind of different spren that still doesn't really know about. I don't know if I'm any closer to an answer on whether he is a windrunner. I agree. This this didn't change my stance. I still think that Zeth is not a windrunner. I think he just simply knew what a windrunner was. Um, so Kaladin says, I'm a windrunner, or whatever he says, like, you're a windrunner too. And Zeth knows that, and he's like going to be like, actually, I'm not a windrunner. Te- technically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he knows what that means, and that's probably like enough for him, you know. That's my guess. I I think based on one of the things Sil says in here, I'm kind of leading more towards thinking of Zeth as kind of an anomaly. Like he's he he's kind of a windrunner, but he's but he's kind of not. If I think if he was a windrunner, he'd have to have an honor spren which he, he seems pretty clearly he does not. But then he doesn't seem to have a spread of any kind. And Syl even says, towards the end of chapter 33, when Syl and Kaladin are kind of dissecting, Syl says that his shard blade was different somehow, that it was that it was strange. And Kaladin's like, what do you mean it was a shard blade? It, <laughs> it did what shard blades do. And I, I even think he he has a funny thing where he's like, oh, it's just an ordinary shard blade, if shard blades can be ordinary. And Syl says, no, it was different. Syl, Syl knows somehow that it was it was functioning somehow differently than a normal shard blade would. And so maybe that plays into this whole thing of, of maybe he's somehow like getting his abilities from his shard blade instead of like a spren or something like that. Does she mention the amount of stormlight Zeth uses? Yes, she does. She says it has to do somehow with the amount of stormlight that he's. So he mentions that I think he doesn't have to use as much. Too, I could be wrong. No, it's maybe the... it's the other direction. It's saying that he's overloading with stormlight. He's using a lot. Uh. Hmm. And the only that got me thinking a little bit of like okay. What have we what have we seen that's that's a different version of this? And I thought back to the Parshendi. Remember back when the when Kaladin first revealed his abilities to the Parshendi, someone makes a comment in the Parshendi world of, well, maybe he was just using an honor blade, or maybe he was just an honor blade. The kind of the 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 implication there being, oh, an honor blade is another version of doing that stuff. But they're like, oh no, he's he's clearly a surge binder whatever it was is maybe zeth the honor blade is maybe zeth the 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 different version we don't have any details of what honor blade even means or is or was we just know it's kaladin was perhaps mistaken for one is zeth the real version of whatever honor blade is question mark you mentioned that that's what i was about to bring up because as of right now that's the only different category we have right exactly um, the reason I think it might not be that is because I, I feel like they say it so kind of loosely, like, mm-hmm. oh, like, like almost like that's better 
than being a surge binder. Like, oh, like he probably just don't worry, but like it's probably just an honor blade. Like, yeah, that's no true. Deal. Um, and so that's the reason I feel like it's not because Zeth seems. Like the super powered version of Kaladin yeah, as opposed yes. to the not quite as dangerous. As opposed to the off brand or something. Yeah, uh, good point. But yes, I, I do kind of agree. Like I, I agree with that. And right now, that's I feel like the best explanation we might have. Um, but mostly just for those extra details, like the the shard blade seeming different, um, and things like that. Good thoughts, good thoughts. I hate to push us, but we are running long, so we need to talk about Chapter 34 at some point, because there's a lot to talk about in Chapter 34 as well. Shard blades. This is just the first reveal of two massive reveals in this in this section. I There are a couple minor things I'll come back to in Chapter 33. Um, one has to do with Adolin, but uh, I will push us towards Chapter 34. Shalon and Tin have an interesting span read conversation with can say that with Tin's informant. Do you either of you guys want to want to talk about this? Well, not much to say. It was a normal conversation, and I think we can just <laughs> leave it at that. That's fair. Um, nothing notable. So, I I pictured this scene as like. The, the showdown in the Wild West scene where like the span read is reading and then it, it, it writes out the, the the sentences that kind of reveal who each other is and they just, you know, slowly look at each other and like, you know, realizing and then like there's that brief moment where nobody moves and then they both like, yeah, they you know, both try go and, for the draw at the same time. Yeah. Like, yeah, like try and draw or, or tackle the other person or whatever. That little brief moment of you, you. And then they fight. I thought of the Trevor. We need to add it to the video. I thought of the Spider-Man meme. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they're both pointing at each other. Both the spiders. They're both pointing. Yeah. (laughs) Not that they're like the same, but that like, like (laughs) you, you know. Um, That's what I was thinking of, and that was insane. I was very, I was, I was just on edge and excited straight through all these chapters. And this was definitely like the cherry on top, though, because we see Shalon like actually fight someone, which is kind of kind of fun. Um, and I was also glad that if she's gonna fight someone, it was Ten. Just we, we talked about this a little before. Just not a big Ten fan. She's not the worst, just like kind of annoying almost. And so she I was definitely okay with it. She's not. She's not annoying that. anymore. Don't worry. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Rest in peace still. But um So just like the other just like the other big reveal we just got with Zeth, this one with the her drawing the shard blade caught me again completely off guard. Because I thought Okay, we just had our massive climax of part two. We're just gonna get a boring little Shalon chapter to wrap up this, you know, part two, a little yeah. Coast into the, the end of this. Oh no. We get the shard blade we've been waiting for for 
a while now. I mean, we we realized that Shalon had a shard blade quite a ways back, like halfway through Way of Kings or something like that. Yep. And so we've been waiting for this, and we've been theorizing what we what we think is going to be the the moment that's going to force her to to draw that blade. And here it is, right here. She hasn't even made it to the, to the Shattered Plains yet, and she has to draw this blade to to defend herself. This was completely unexpected. Paul, true. I w- you said earlier that you thought the when Shalon would finally draw her blade would be a emotion, like there would be an emotion provocation for Shalon. And what she immediately says after killing Tin is she's angry at her for thinking she's naive. She's like <laughs> Tin t- Tin is accusing her of being naive and how she needs to learn her lesson. And Tin's like, oh, I guess I have to teach you this lesson. And it's going to go kill her. And then Shalon, side note, summons her blade through Tin. Like, she summons her blade and it appears through her. That's so cool. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and she... I think that's she, she kills She kills Tin and then immediately after that she's she says i told you i already learned that lesson i'm not naive <laughs> she's angry at tin for thinking she's not it was, i i enjoyed it like listen here okay? yeah <laughs> I, I feel like in all honesty in this context shard blades are we know shard blades are like overpowered right like they're, they're incredibly strong but in this like you said like Shalon is kind of getting, she's getting beat up or bounty, you know, and she just kind of holds her hands there and summons it, and then it's fights over. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's all she had to do, which is really cool, I will say. Um, but yeah, I'm super glad that this happened, just because we've kind of been waiting for it. It wasn't exactly how I expected, but I did expect it to be something where she is she or someone else is like physically like about to die right unless this happens um so yeah that happens yeah, and then I, everyone else walks in and stuff and everyone else does walk in deal. and i want to talk about this for a second because back to 33 what i was going to mention about adolin adolin notices kaladin in the fight he notices a couple specific things that are fishy. He thinks, you just fell 150 feet, and you're fine. And you also have a sleeve missing. And I'm pretty, like, I was hanging upside down at the time, but I'm pretty sure (laughs) I saw him cut your arm off. And Adolin thinks to himself after Kaladin leaves, like, was this a setup? Is Kaladin on the... Edit? And he's like, no, 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 no. Let, let's not let's not think about that. I'll be as paranoid as Elokar. But he... And then... Shalon's deserter hired guys walk in on her with tin on the ground and she has a shard blade in her hands. People are going to start talking. Like, people are noticing that stuff's happening and stuff's going to change. You think so? I I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. No, I'm kidding. Um, I 
I didn't know how to feel about that because I almost wanted it to just be like a she has to try and cover this up somehow. But everyone walks in and so there's no no covering that up. Right. Um I, I will say that for what's that guy's name? Vatha? Vatha. Vatha. Yep. Vatha? Vatha, yeah. For for the for Vatha and his men, I've kind of been worried up to this point about their loyalty, right? You're always, we're always kind of worried, that, you know, are they going to actually follow Shalon? I'm not worried about that anymore. <laughs> They're going to obey Shalon no matter what she tells them for the rest of eternity. So there, there's a lot of uncertainty here. I think words are going to get out. This is going to be interesting, but they're going to be very obedient to Shalon for for the rest of this time, I think. I also just thought about this. Once they roll up more into the Shattered Plains, I guess, is Kaladin going to be like, so where's, what happened to what happened to the other person with you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, they just, uh, you know, had to leave. So, um, but yeah, I, I think you're right, though, with Vatha and them. Like, everyone walks in, right? Like, Gaz and, and mm-hmm. everyone, I think, mm-hmm. walk in, and she's holding her shard blade. And they're just kind of like, oh. Oh, all right. Um, like I guess, I guess that's cool. So that's how it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I that that's definitely not gonna stay a locked away secret any longer. Um, and I'm curious to to see how that goes. Kind of, I feel like it's an, my thought right now is that it's not actually that major, even though it's humongous. <laughs> um, like. Or having a shard blade, but before before we move on from this scene, I want to talk about pattern for a second because pattern kind of comes in clutch here. He he impersonates Yasna first of all, which makes Tin spin around and drop kind of like drop Shalon in the chokehold that she she has her in, and lets Shalon summon her shard blade. But he also creates a lot of yelling and screaming for Vatha and Gaz and their men to fight Tin's men. There's a whole there's a whole like battle scene that happens off camera, and it's started by Pattern. Pattern makes a lot of like ambient noises, if you will, which sparks a fight between the two of them. There's a lot of growth that Pattern's come on since the beginning of this beginning of this book that He's able to, what's the word I'm looking for? He's able to understand what's going on and know that he needs to, to act. Right. That he needs to improvise. You know, he that's, need what, that's the word to, I was looking for. Yeah. He, he figures out that, hey, I need to save her now. And instead of Shalon having to tell him what to do, he does it. Right. Yeah, I agree. The the pattern we we first saw, who was like bumping into the bedpost over and over and over, that th- this is not the same pattern that we've seen. He he's definitely come a long way in the month or two or three that we've we've since we first met him. We end thirty six with 
Shallan taking kind of an aggressive stance with the ghost bloods. She figures out that Tin's part of the ghost bloods, kills Tin, and then steals her span read and arranges a meeting with the ghost bloods. Bold move. Yeah. I- I'm wondering too if is she gonna need to now impersonate Tin in order to complete this meeting? Are are they are these gonna be like different ghost bloods than Tin's ever met before? Or are these like direct contacts that Tin has had within the ghost bloods? Is she gonna be able to pull this off? Is she gonna try and pull this off? Or is she just gonna like set something up and then you know get someone else in on hey i know where the ghost bloods are let's go get them kind of thing i'm i'm curious where shallan's gonna think she can go with this and whether she's gonna maybe in classic shallan style maybe bite off more than she can chew maybe she tries to take this on her own when maybe she should bring in someone else to help her well i i imagine this is going to be a pretty major plot point going going forward is her interactions with the ghost bloods and figuring out what they know where how involved in the shattered planes are they what are they in control of all of that it's my guess this is clear to me and this is how i see it but it's not clear to you guys this is so i put words of radiance this is this is was in our rhythm of war episode but you guys didn't watch that obviously uh, but each of the four of us in that episode ranked where we put Rhythm of War and all the other um, all the other books. And I put Words of Radiance last um, in the four. But it's only really because, to me, as a rereader, Words of Radiance is pretty slow for the first two parts. I'm like I'm not t- like. You guys are figuring out a lot of new stuff for the first time around. It doesn't have a lot of reread value for me because not much happens in the first two parts. But this is really where Words of Radiance really starts. And I'm really excited for you guys to read from from this point on. We've got a lot of good content coming up really quick. And I'm really excited for you guys to get to it. Nice. I am excited. So you're saying the the Sander Lanch has come early in uh, in this book. I'm not saying that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't say that. For the record, I did not say that. <laughs> you kind of did, but uh, no, I did not. I did sure, not say that. You, you didn't. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm excited. I'm did excited for what it, comes Elliot? next. Did we finally get a a? Spoiler out of did Trevor. we worm something out of him? Yeah. Maybe no. <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. Part. Whenever Kaladin dies next chapter, I'll I'll remind All you right. that you know you said nothing else happened. If so. I will grant you this, if Kaladin dies next chapter, you can tell me I told you so. Okay. I I I'll you can hold me to that. Two chapters. I get two chapters. You, no, you said one. <laughs> okay. One and a half. The end okay. of. The end of part two is upon us. Elliot, I know you like to summarize the end of end of parts, so I'll toss it over to you before we close out this episode. Definitely. So yes, in, in classic style, I do do a little retrospective every time we we hit the end of a part and try and think back on okay, where have our where have our characters been? What have we what have we learned? What's my 
what's my takeaway as a as a reader from from this part and i feel like i've said this a bunch of times in a row now but i think it honestly is getting more and more challenging i had to think about this one for a while and some of the ones in way of kings were pretty obvious you know leadership and honor and things like that 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 came really really quickly the, the these words of radiance ones are making me think a little more. I'm having to to, to dive a little deeper, and I think it's I, I think it's the fact that Kaladin and Shalon are on very different journeys, and kind of tying the two of them together is becoming more and more more and more difficult. But ultimately, where I ended up for the theme of part two of words of radiance was that the word I picked was expectation, and I mean that in the sense of like belief or kind of in, in inspiration we've talked about that kind of before but but using the word expectation allows me to tie it into a couple of different things and shalon obviously is the, the biggest part of that it's, it's her book we're, we're seeing the most of more of her than than a lot of other folks and she she goes through this very interesting journey here in this section where she she inspires these men these deserters to become more than they were they were just kind of mercenaries or or bandits out on the plains and she inspires them to come and save uh, her group and to to protect her and to stand up and and do something a little more more honorable and she has a couple instances like with bluth where she just kind of sets this expectation up for him of i see you as a hero and he goes in he becomes a hero and and that's a really interesting bit there on the flip side of that, we see her whole interaction with Tin and with Shalon. And Tin kind of Tin expects Shalon to be a con woman. She kind of makes the assumption right off the bat that, oh, well, clearly you are a con con woman already. So I'll take you under my wing. We'll we'll learn. And she kind of gets her on this this whole expectation of becoming a, a fully fledged con woman. And it, it turns out to not be the case. You know, we, we can kind of see Shalon's journey on the inside. She's she's lying, but not lying, but sort of lying, but kind of not at the same time. And it's it's very, very confusing. Um, there's also this whole time, this this kind of looming expectation that we have of readers of, of Shalon is, is she going to continue Yasna's legacy? Is she going to, in part one, we lost Yasna. Is, is Shalon going to take up that mantle and go hunt down Yurithiru and, and solve the, the riddle? Um, that's not been answered here but it's still kind of hanging hanging out there so so lots of just kind of expectations if you will on the shalon story over in the kaladin side we get a couple instances with kaladin and sill dealing with the expectation that kaladin is going to betray and murder sill and we, we talked about that this episode um or was it last it's all blurring together for me now uh with uh, his discussion with the, the storm father that was this one yeah and just the kind of what is going to happen next for for Kaladin and and all of that? Will he will he betray Syl? Will he kill her? Will he not? Will he figure out a way out of out of that? We don't know yet. And then ultimately, I can tie expectation into kind of our experience as readers. We've had so many, we've had some big expectations that all get fulfilled here at the end of this part two in this episode we just talked about. We we've been waiting to see see Shalon's Shardblade. We've been waiting to see. A Zeth and Kaladin showdown. We've been waiting to see Kaladin and, and Shalon meeting, and we got all of that. We got all of that here in in this chapter, which was which was a little crazy. I was very surprised that my expectations were were met here, but maybe quite, not quite in the way that I expected my expectations to be to be met. Um, 
lastly, to tie it all together, I'm talking for too long here, as I usually do. You you, you gave me a, a soapbox, so I'm I'm standing on it for too long. <laughs> Zeth. To tie this all together with with Zeth, Zeth has had his own beliefs and his own expectations of who he is, what he's about, why he does what he does. Did all of that just get completely shattered and and broken and turned upside down? Is he going to have to reevaluate his entire existence? Has he completely broken all of his expectations for himself and his entire life? To be answered, I think. Not for sure, but that's where we're where we're thinking as we talked about. So that's my my look back at, at part two here of Words of Radiance. Maybe not quite as coherent as some of my my other ones, but that was that was where I, I got to throughout this uh, the chapters in this section. Your turn, Paul. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can chip, chip in if you want. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually do have a few words. I, um, I agree with what Elliot said. Great. All right. Any? Thank you. Any? Okay. Moving forward, I'll I'll leave us with this. Moving forward, any predictions? We've just had a lot dumped on our plate. What are we? What are we doing moving forward? In the first part, we we lost Yasna. In the second part, we lost Tin. Who we leaving? Or who we losing in the third part? Kaladin in the first chapter. (laughs) I forgot about that. Said this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I unironically, I think I'm gonna go really bold. This is pretty bold. I'm gonna say that we are going to lose Sill because of the 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 dream thing with Kaladin here. I thought you were gonna double uh, down. Kind of... I thought you were gonna double down on your Adolin uh, dying in a duel. That's probably way more realistic one. That's that could very well happen. Um but I'm gonna go with, with Syl because it'd be really major and I don't know what would happen afterwards, but um Yeah, go big or go home. Yeah. I think we might lose Elokar. I don't honestly know Ooh. how. I don't honestly know why but i think zeth might be involved there i think zeth might go i think zeth might be completely broken and go on some kind of wild rampage and i think maybe elokar might be a casualty of that one thing i just thought of doesn't dalinar tell zeth like i won't let you take him from me like yep so that's the only reason i have to believe that that would happen without that i would be like nah like elokar's no, Seth doesn't actually care about him, you know. But all right, who do you think will die next? Next part, Trevor. <laughs> Just your most educated guess. Yeah, really trying to think here. Rock, I think Rock's gonna die. Rock, okay. Oh, not Rock. Yeah, that would be sad. So you ask what I think, and that's what I think, so... Okay. I believe you. All right. Anyway, with that... We'll see how well these age. We can wrap up this episode of Following Note On. This is episode 32. 
we have interludes next week and we are into part three after that so thanks for joining me so far and we've got quite a bit of words rating still to go so let's get to it oh yeah may the journey continue <laughs>